Hello and welcome to the Owen Mitchell podcast. We're here to keep you up to date with legal and financial news that matters to you. I'm Faye Bardry. I'm a partner at Owen Mitchell and co-lead of our General Counsel programme. I'll be your host today as we discuss ESG and why it should matter to your business. To do so, I'm delighted to be joined by Kate Ferguson, who is Head of Responsible Business at Owen Mitchell. And Kate's currently refreshing our Responsible Business Strategy, which incorporates all aspects of ESG. I'm also delighted to be joined by Hazel Gillings and Rob Molyneux from Delta Simons. Delta Simons are an environmental consultancy that supports businesses with their ESG journey, and they'll be providing their expertise and insight to the conversation. Um, Hazel is responsible for internal ESG across Lucian Group, which incorporates Delta Simons. And she's a former consultant with a background in environmental due diligence and transaction services. Rob's responsible for ESG consultancy services at Delta Simons, including delivery and product development for corporate and transactional clients. So we're really hoping they'll add some insight into this conversation. Um, Welcome to all of you. ESG, or to give its full title, Environment, Social and Governance. Um, It's a way of evaluating the social impact of a business. And it's something we hear more and more about these days. Um, It seems that businesses can't avoid it. However, there's no real single definition of what it means, no single criteria for businesses to measure themselves against. And and let's be honest, businesses, we all like to measure success. We all like to to have something to say, look, this is how we're doing. This is how we're progressing. So understanding what ESG means um, and what it means to your business is really critical. And, And this podcast is aimed at all of those with responsible in ESG. Invariably, where companies have legal counsel, um, this falls onto their desk, and it's often an area that actually they have little expertise in. So what we're putting in place is a series of podcasts and webinars to help them start to move their ESG strategy forward. So we're going to be providing some practical help and advice from the experts. Today, we're not only going to be looking at ESG and what it means, but also why businesses need to take it seriously. Let's be honest, this isn't something that's going to go away. For legal counsel and indeed for any business, this is something they need to guide their boards on to help ensure its importance and its relevance is put into context when they're looking at business priorities. So let's get started. So what do we mean by environment, social and governance? I mean, it it sounds like a huge umbrella term um, and covers so many different things. So I'm going to ask Rob, first of all, if you could just give me a bit of an overview of of what it means and, and, you know, what do all of those environment, social governance, what are the key things we're looking at there? Thanks, Faye. Um, ESG feels new, but it isn't. Um, the, the principles of this is sustainable business. It's looking at the same issues that we were talking about when it was 12, 15 years ago, everybody was talking about CSR. How is our business acting responsibly around its corporate involvement and its, its social impacts? CSR though was was often just a statement and a web page and then we carry on with business as usual unfortunately um, but the, the principles are the same as the the definition of sustainability the, the planet people and profit or the triple bottom line all of those definitions previously of what is a sustainable business I think the key difference is now we're talking about benchmarks and frameworks that underpin the definition of performance in those areas it's about disclosure it's about saying we do this and then being expected to demonstrate how 
So rather than just the web page that said we're a responsible business, it's now complete the, the pro forma that goes to prove it, provide the data behind your activities that talk about those impacts. You said in your introduction it's about those impacts and it is, it's positive and negative impacts that a business has in its interactions with society through its supply chain, through its material use or its waste. So the, the different issues, ESG means different things to different businesses because businesses are different. So in different sectors, there will be a greater focus on raw material use or on um, the people within its supply chain or within its customers and its data security. So what it means depends on who you are and depends on what the risk factors are that, that impact on your business. I mentioned frameworks there are hundreds and hundreds of different frameworks and that's a good thing and a bad thing it's a challenge in knowing which one of these matters to me but actually it means that there are some that are really well tailored to informing how your business can perform well but then you've got some overarching frameworks and standards things like gri and cdp tcfd emerging to to really identify whether an organisation has, has established and understood the opportunities and risk as a result of potential climate impacts. So, so there are some frameworks that allow you as a business to say this is what it means and this is how it's defined for me and this is our response and this is where we start on our journey to making sure we're sustainable into the future. I think we'll, we'll dig into a lot more than that but I think that probably sums it up to start. Thanks ever so much Rob. Um, Kate I'm just going to turn to you because you're refreshing Erwin Mitchell's responsible business policy. So, you know, how do we as a professional service business, how do we bring in the elements of environment, social governance? Do we work on, under frameworks? How have we gone about that process? Thanks, Faye. Yeah, I mean, as Rob said, there's so many different frameworks and, and I think ESG can seem rather overwhelming if you consider that it impacts on, you know, all of your business, really. And and, and I think, you know, it is really important to take a step back sometimes and, and look at how it, it impacts as, as you're kind of developing your own strategy. One point that I wanted to make really is that I think environment, social and governance issues don't exist in isolation. And, and when you're looking at your strategy and, 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 you know, when you're kind of thinking about what ESG means, I think that's a really important point. Often there's a really complex overlay between the, the three areas. And, you know, if you consider that, uh, you know, in the context of diversity and inclusion and, and addressing inequalities, you know, there are governance issues. So we often see um, board diversity and board structure come up on, under the governance point. There's obviously a social element around fairness and equality of opportunities, which is hugely important, you know, particularly, um, you know, within the legal sector, when we're thinking about the work that we do on social mobility and trying to widen access of opportunity and in, into um, law and, and, and the sector as a whole. But there's also an environmental aspect to it, you know. Often, I think there's that point around fairness and, and a just transition and, you know, inclusive opportunities around climate change and, and climate action that we, we need to think about. But there's also that point about diversity of thought when you, you're kind of thinking about the scale of the issues that we need to address around environment and sustainability. Having the greatest opportunities for innovation and creativity and, and having that diversity of thought, that's so important. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of one of the key things that I always try and think about, Faye, when, when I'm kind of looking at how we develop our ESG strategy at uh, Owen Mitchell. 
Thanks, Kate. So the big takeaway there is is to look at things in the round. Don't don't look at any of these elements in isolation. There is huge overlap between them. And and Rob, I'm just going to bring you back in on that point because I think there's a, a point you wanted to make. Yeah. So so just picking up on um, and following those com those those comments by Kate. Materiality really matters. Understanding what are the important issues to the business, and that isn't something that is fixed in time. So we can see with social and, and economic issues that are ongoing today, there are changing priorities that impact on a business's focus in certain areas. So that might be for some businesses, food security today is obviously a, a major issue because of the conflict in, in the Ukraine. But also yesterday and the day before, there were business responses to the issues around abortion rights in the US and saying this is how we're going to support our staff who may need support in, from a healthcare point of view. They are social issues that are changing. So all of these issues, they're, they're not fixed in time. And, and the materiality of, materiality of what matters most to a business will change. Some of that is short term and it will be a rapid change that might not exist forever. Some of it will be absolutely fundamental. Changes as a result of climate change, impacting on people migration and desertification of, of, of lands, things like that are long term impacts. But the ability to say we didn't see this coming, but we now need to realign our priorities is absolutely important in this. Thanks, Rob. And I think that's absolutely right. I mean, just saying Kate is refreshing our our own responsible business policy at Irwin Mitchell and something we've been working on for a number of you know for a number of years but it doesn't stand still it does change and and as businesses we need to look at actually how do we adapt to that and it's not just a simple case of here's our ESG policy right we've got one we can put it in the drawer and forget about it we've got to go back and look at it and refresh it and look at what it means to our business and that brings me on to the next question about actually why does it really matter for businesses? There's a lot at the moment about talk about ESG, and I think there is some concern from businesses, particularly in a period at the moment now where we've got very high inflation. Actually, is ESG important? Should we be looking at it? Is it frankly just going to cost us more money? And what do our stakeholders think? So, Hazel, if I could come to you for your thoughts on that. So, for somebody working internally, really, we have to think about ESG in terms of everybody who is influenced and influences the business. So we have to think about investors, banks and shareholders. We have to think about clients that we work with and interact with on a daily basis. And we have to think about the people who work in the business um, and any supply chain as well that we work with through that process. So it's a top down and a bottom up process. Very much we're thinking about how we can save money and increase investor confidence. We can future proof growth we can provide resilience against regulation changes. So there's very much uh, motivation for the board to look at all those people that might be influenced by how the valuation of the business changes with improved ESG. But we also have to make this a really robust process and be very transparent. We have to make sure that the staff who work for us and the teams that work with us as partners, as well as anybody that's in our supply chain, understands what we require and what we see as a good standard so that we can make sure that everybody's happy that that is not going to create any reputational damage in the future, for example. So we really need to make sure that that's in place so that we can retain and attract talent. We need to make sure that people understand where it's coming from. It's not just pie in the sky. It's not just greenwashing. We're not just saying the right things, but not actually doing them in real time. So that's really, really important. 
Thanks, Hazel. And and your point there about attracting and retaining talent is really relevant um, at the moment. I know all businesses having to look really hardly about how they recruit, how they retain talent. And and actually, this is becoming more and more important. People who are applying for roles are asking, actually, we want to see what your ESG policy is. We want to see how you're performing. And I think it is a real measure of that non-financial performance, whilst there is absolutely um, some great things that ESG can help do in terms of profits, et cetera, and, and for your stakeholders and, and your shareholders, actually that non-financial performance is is really critical. Kate, I'm just going to ask you about when you're obviously refreshing our current policy, how are you engaging with your stakeholders? How do you get them involved in that? How do you get them to realise that ESG is really important? Or, or are they telling you that actually, look, these are the elements of ESG that we want to, uh, you know, we want to focus on? Thanks, Faye. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, part of our plan for the next year is to undertake a full materiality assessment. So picking up on, on Rob's point earlier about that, I think it's absolutely crucial that we engage with our stakeholders, understand the issues and the challenges that are, you know, going to, where, where we're going to be able to make the biggest impact, really. What, what are the important issues that we should be focusing in on? And I think that that's a really key part of our work. Picking up on one of Hazel's points, I think, you know, sometimes we don't engage enough with all of our, you know, stakeholders. And it's really important that you kind of have that rounded approach. And, you know, I think about the work that we're doing at Erwin Mitchell with our suppliers. I've seen some brilliant examples in the last few months of how we're engaging with our suppliers going beyond risk management, because obviously there's a compliance point there around, you know, wanting to make sure that we work with businesses that have shared values that, you know, are ethical in terms of the, the way they work. But actually, it's kind of going beyond that to looking at how you can work together to generate innovation and creativity and, and find, you know, really interesting ways to work together on ESG issues. And, and that's something that I'm hoping over the course of the next year we'll be able to develop further. But certainly, I think for us, it's going to be the materiality assessment as the next stage, really kind of, you know, doing some focus groups and working with different stakeholders to get their feedback and understanding what you know what's material what, where we focus our efforts. Thanks Kate so I think for me there the big takeaway is engaging with your stakeholders and not to look too narrowly at who your stakeholders are so you know it can be your shareholders it can be your funders there's a lot of talk at the moment about green and ethical funding particularly from private equity but also your people. And I think it's really um, interesting you talked to both Kate and Hazel, you mentioned about your, your customers, but also your supply chains as well. So it's really thinking about everybody that your business interacts with. And, and I think that key takeaway as well is that it's good for business. Um, I know, Hazel, you mentioned resilience, and that's obviously been a really hot topic over the last couple of years. And actually, this does, you know, looking at ESG, it does help us as businesses become more resilient. So I think if anything, that is a huge plus from a non-financial and financial aspect. So we're going to do a bit of, of future gazing here. And we talked around materiality. We talked about actually, look, things change. And ESG is obviously a super hot topic now. But sometimes it's really hard to determine, you know, what's going to be the next Facebook and what be the next MySpace? You know, what, what's going to stay here? What's just a fad? Is ESG just a fad? So I really just would like to understand what you think about the importance of ESG. How is that likely to change in the future? Is, From my perspective, I think it is here to stay, as you said at the very start, Rob. This is not new. This is an evolution from 
CSR as we used to call it and now into ESG. Um, but how might the importance change? And, and I'm going to come to you, Rob, on that one. So I, I think I'll hand over to, to Hazel shortly, but the one thing I wanted to say is the language very much might change, but the principle won't. We might stop calling it ESG the same as we stopped calling it CSR, the same as we stopped calling it something else before that. So there will be evolution of what this is, but the principle of understanding risks and opportunities around social and environmental issues understanding how well we manage and govern our businesses to protect against risk and to increase all of that won't change because that's that's what defines a successful and long-term investable business so language might change principles won't that's all i wanted to chip in with initially thanks rob and i think that is a, a fantastic point because as you say the way we talk about it, the abbreviations we use, those kind of things do change, but the principle will remain. And Hazel, if I can just ask you to for your thoughts on there and the importance of ESG going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So we're always going to need to do good business in a responsible way. I think what's key at the moment is that we can all start to appreciate that we need to be able to be transparent. So we need to measure, report, adapt and improve and be able to show evidence of what we're doing, why we're doing it. I think it's quite critical to understand that we haven't always done everything that we feel we should have done. And I think it's really, really a good time to be able to put your hand up and say, you know what, we know we're not perfect and that's okay. I think the future for us really lies in whether or not it stays as ESG, either it becomes something else or what actually I'd be really happy with is if it disappeared entirely and just became normal. If it became just intrinsically linked into everybody's normal business behaviour and we didn't need ESG people or ESG reporting, that would be absolutely fine, although I think they might take a while to get there. So I think we really currently we have a massive need to be able to demonstrate concrete sustainability commitments to increasingly conscious consumers. I think more more people are asking for it. Younger generations are almost demanding that. So if we if we are going to do business in a good way, responsibly, ethically, environmentally sound businesses, no matter what the sector you work in. I think we have to have some kind of reporting for that and we have to have these materiality assessments. We have to understand where we're at. I think it's difficult as well if you work in a particular sector. So if, if for example, you work in, just pick something arbitrarily, healthcare, you, you automatically kind of go, oh, okay, there's lots of social things there which you can automatically pick up on. We obviously want to look after people. We want to look after our staff that manage and work with those people in that healthcare setting but you really can't take your eye off all the other bits. Do you have all your policies and procedures in place? Do you have all your environmental considerations? Are those people driving around and creating emissions and using carbon in their vehicles, for example? So really does need to be the full package. And that's why that assessment's really critical because it's very easy, I think, to take your eye off the ball when you have an obvious priority because you're in a certain sector. So I think for me, the future is making sure everybody's doing everything and making sure that linked to normal day-to-day activities as possible. I, I absolutely would love to see it getting away from it just being the ESG team that do ESG and getting other parts of the business engaged in those different activities so that maybe more delegation of you know, this is a people function. Absolutely. Let's get the HR team into this. It's not an ESG policy. It's a business policy, which includes some ESG aspects and HR and people function there as well. So I, th I think a lot of it is 
change management, innovation for the future, integration, but also just, yeah, absolutely being transparent and sharing that as much as possible. Thanks, Hazel. And I think you're absolutely right there when you, you mentioned there sort of about consumer demand. And I think we, you know, a lot of businesses are seeing that in terms of actually what their consumers are asking. And I think for me, a really important part of ESG and taking that seriously now is actually getting ahead of the market, getting ahead of competitors. It gives you a competitive advantage um, going forward. And we talked about retaining talent. We talked about suppliers and customers. But it is actually about getting that competitive advantage. So it's not a burden on the business. This is a positive. And I'm just going to repeat what you said, Hazel. Measure, report, adapt and improve with evidence and realise you're not perfect. I think that is really critical for any business looking at ESG. I think it can be um, an overwhelming topic when you look at it because it does cover so many areas. We talked about the overlap and you know, Hazel, you've said about it being part of a business as opposed to a, you know, a distinct area ESG that's looked after. Actually, we should be looking at this as just simple part of day-to-day business as usual. But we have to realise that in any business, there's always areas for improvement. And I think ESG, we shouldn't beat ourselves up too badly about it. But what we should do is look at those, look at where we are, measure it, report it, be transparent about things, and how can we improve? And I think that's really critical. So we're just now going to look at actually some practical hints. Um, So businesses know they need to look at ESG. We talked about how important it is for stakeholders. We talked about how important it's going to be for the future, whether we call it ESG, whatever we may call it. But how can people start to put that strategy in place? I know some people, as Rob said, will have, have had sort of CSR strategies. How do they kind of adapt that to look at actually ESG? How do they continue continually review that materiality so I'm going to come to you Kate because obviously you're reviewing our own policies in in terms of our responsible business strategy so I'm just going to come to you about actually you know where do businesses start thanks Faye and and, you know picking up on the point that that you've just made really I think you know ESG is so broad and it can feel as though you know as as I said earlier on it's slightly overwhelming in terms of how much that there is to do and and, you know and, and how how it impacts on so many different parts of your business and yeah absolutely we want this to become part of business as usual and and you know not just one function definitely so a few points that I wanted to pick up on really I mean as we've already said we're going through a process at Owen Mitchell of of refreshing our responsible business strategy we are a purpose-led business and and you know I think the one thing that I would always say when you are developing your ESG or your responsible business strategy is that it has to be um, integral to your wider business strategy. It has to be based upon your purpose and and your values as an organisation. So I think that, you know, in responding to the different issues, um, you know, we've already said it can't be the responsibility of of one team, whether that's general counsel, HR marketing, or, you know, ESG responsible business. If you can make sure that you know, your ESG, responsible business strategy is is on the agenda for your senior leadership, for your board, that it becomes business as usual when decisions are being made about the business, then, you know, that's such a, you know, a huge step forward in, in terms of bedding. So I think that's 
that's a really key point. But absolutely, that journey, and I hate to use that word, but I think it's relevant here, that journey of kind of ensuring that everybody within the organisation then sees the role that they can individually play in, in kind of delivering your ESG, your responsible business commitments, is, is so important. So so I think that's that's really key as, as you're working on, on your strategy. And, and I, I think the second point I was going to make, again, picking up on some of the things we've already said, really, is about focusing and prioritising. Um, and, and that comes back to the, the materiality assessment. It means mapping out who your stakeholders are and really taking on board their feedback to identify what the key material issues are for, for your business. And that's where you can identify, you know, how you're going to make the most impact and how you're going to make the greatest positive change that that you can. And, and I should also say that I don't think those changes are always about implementing new initiatives and new projects. Sometimes it's about taking a step back and looking at what you already do and where you can make a change, you know, a really positive change to, to you know, to, to what you, you're already um, focusing on. And, and final point on this from me is around measurement and reporting, which we've already spoken about a little bit today, but I think is really important when you, you're kind of thinking about your strategy, that there isn't one consistent way of reporting on, on ESG as we've, we've already discussed, and that can be challenging. And, and I think the other challenging um, element of this is that there's a, a kind of a, a spread of statutory and mandatory reporting and measuring that we have to do and there is voluntary uh, reporting and there is so much out there that really I suppose understanding that and working out what's going to be best for you and your business um, at the very start is is so important and and I think you know that's going to that's going to help us in terms of you know seeing where we can make that impact and at the end of the day that's that's the important part of all of this work on ESG it's about how we can do business better and, and do business in the right way so yeah th those would be my first thoughts on that Faye. Thanks Kate and, and Rob I'm just going to bring you in here about what support is there for people to get started if they're they're completely fresh what should they do first how can they get some external third party support? Kate has covered so much of, of what's necessary to do at the start of that process and, and I absolutely agree with, with all. I think the thing to do, the majority of the clients that I work with and, and we're supporting a sort of large SME, small, large business. There's sort of that, that threshold of becoming a large business and generally speaking they haven't had a team or a, a clear sort of set of individuals responsible for these things so they've grown as a business and developed policy where it's been necessary and they're taking a, a proper hard look at this for possibly the first time in the round so it really does need to start with that materiality but it needs to as has been said listen to the voices of all what it doesn't need to do is define what ESG is that's happened it's been defined in loads of different ways so yes Taylor this is what's in what ESG this is why it's important to us. We want to be a B Corp business or our investors are expecting us to respond on these issues. Therefore, it has greater weight or we're seeing that there is a trend within our sector that our competitors and our peers are demonstrating reporting against this framework. Have that understanding, but actually don't go about defining what ESG is. That's happened. Establish what's materially most important to you. Because if it's most important to you, you'll you'll have already have done some of the work in getting it right. Go back to that point. I think Hazel made best. Um, don't try and be perfect straight away. Understand where you've already got strengths. Maximise those strengths. 
understand where can we potentially take good practice from others where can we bring ourselves up by understanding what our supply chain do what our clients are already good at because that's part of this we should be bringing up our supply chain with us or so should our our customers so we can lean on them and say we're trying to make ourselves right in these areas what have you done things like the supply chain sustainability school are brilliant for sharing knowledge within the construction sector and that's about making sure that those issues that are affecting everybody's supply chain can be learned from rather than one business becoming the best at this we're all going to try and become better at this so there are areas where that could be brought in as well so i think address it properly taking the views of all of the key stakeholders within and outside the business but don't try and do it on your own do it within the framework of, of the sector or, or the, the wider piece thanks rob hazel i'm going to just bring you in for some final thoughts on uh, on esg and where people can get started right yeah i just wanted to say that from somebody working in-house that's trying to wade through the hundreds of standards and benchmarks and it just seems overwhelming initially how to get past that is really just don't think about it at all get a collection of themes that fits within ESG which you believe covers everything and uses the language of your own business then you can start to align with the standard or you can get a consultant to do a survey for you that has that full list of themes and then you can start to align with the standard. Just don't get hung up on, I must do this standard and this standard and this standard, because ultimately you're just going to start getting stuck and thinking, oh, maybe that one's better and switching direction. And that can just be noise that gets in the way of actually getting on and doing the good stuff. I mean, ultimately, we're trying to have no negative impact within the business and creating positive impact. So once you've got your themes that you can keep going back to in those board discussions to make sure decisions are made, that consider the factors within ES and G for your business, then you can start to look at, okay, this is an area we, we're very good at and we can make more positive impact in whilst we're not making anything have a negative impact. So cumulatively, you can then start to report that you've measured everything and you're starting to make gains. And I think for me, just knowing where you are to start with that you can make sure you do a bit of a gap analysis on what you're weak on, and then you start to make strides in what you're strong at and you start to share that um, is a really strong message and it's it's really robust. And I think it helps a lot of people to see the wood for the trees. Um, and then you can start once you've got kind of your own rigorous process and you understand what you're doing is the right thing for your business. You can look at standards in more detail and think, OK, well, we do want to align with this and then we'll go for some accreditation in this, because I think until you've got some basic level of understanding as a whole business, not as an ESG professional particularly, but across the whole business, the business needs to be on board with the system. And then you can start to make strides through that. And then you can really start to adopt standards specifically uh, that fit with you. So that's my message is, yeah, start, start with that broad set of themes and work your way through from there. Fantastic. Thank you, Hazel. So I'm going to round up on what I think we've covered today. And really, when people are looking at, at ESG, what does it mean to their business? Where should they start? So ESG, it's unique to every business and you shouldn't shouldn't be too scared by it, as, as Hazel just said there. Don't be too worried about looking at what all these, you know, criteria and measurements are. Actually, look at what's important to your business, what's material. 
understand your strengths, look at how you can improve, feel free to learn from others. You know, ESG, every business is going through this, have conversations, take the opportunity to share information with other businesses and really engage with all your stakeholders. So particularly your board, but really every individual in the business should feel that they bought into ESG as a process, that it's part of day-to-day business and that it's important for them. And it's not just financial, but it's non-financial. And really it's, it, it is all good for business. It's going to help you get ahead of the market. So hopefully that's given all of you listening a start on your own ESG journey I'm sure, you know, if you've got any questions, do contact us. We're very happy to put you in touch with with Rob and Hazel, who I'm sure will be delighted to help. So I want to thank um, Kate, Rob and Hazel for, for contributing. We'll also be hosting a series of webinars looking at ESG over the coming months. Um, our first one is looking at carbon footprinting in July. So do go on our website. There'll be details of how you can um, join that webinar later on in July. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Irwin Mitchell podcast. If you found it interesting, then please join us for our next episode. Thanks very much.